0: Hey You ready? He grab that right there. <laughs> Are you ready? Hey. Is you ready? Ready?
1: You say you ready? Uh. Whole squad ready. Ready? Is you ready? Huh? Are you ready?
0: Ready? Is you ready? Whole squad hey. ready. We came here to see Jeff what you got. Uh. No, no, no. Not on my watch. No way. What you got, I'm going to the top You can bring what you got, I'm going to the top bring what you got bring
2: what you got I'm going to the top. You're listening to the PCAST presented by CDE Light Band. Each week we take you around Austin P. the Athletics Department and occasionally the OVC Thanks to our good friends at CDE Thank you to our friends at CDE and thanks to you the listeners I am Colby Wilson, he is Casey Krieger. Welcome to the nation's top ranked Austin podcast. According to friends like you and me. Casey, how are you now? Good and you. Not so bad. It's uh it's Merry Week. I don't like them. I don't like them either. Here's the thing. Um when going into printed documented forms of media, we have to be very uh judicious and calm and And polite and polite ish regarding uh the MU asterisk asterisk AY people. Yep. But we uh, no rules on the podcast. We played a little more fast, and a little more loose here, and it's like the, the wild, wild west the, out here. the The fact of the matter is, um, they're the worst. It's not that they're bad people. It's okay. I guess it's they hard. made the, they made the choice to be a part
1: of the Murray State.
2: I'm gonna tell group a, of
1: people, which means he might be bad people. I'm gonna
2: tell a story now that I'm not sure I've ever told. My wife was accepted to Murray State, full ride, the whole kit and caboodle. And I love this woman more than I love anything about myself. But one time she asked me if I didn't come to Austin, do you reckon we'd have gotten married eventually, like you found one another down the road or whatever? I was like, no, no. If we come to Austin, if you'd gone to Mary and I come here, I wouldn't have ever spoken to you. You no. kidding me? I'm polite whenever they come to town. I uh I think Dave Winder, my counterpart is one of the nicer humanoids that I've run across in this business, but as a whole taken as a group, oh, just a big, big no for me. Just, it's just a hard pass all the way around. Um In other ridiculousness, um Major League Baseball. Boy, does it feel like we talked about dumb things going on in Major League Baseball a lot on this podcast. It does, and
1: uh, I say we just blame it all on this commissioner, Rob Manfred, because he's an idiot. I just
2: don't... If you haven't seen the most recent uh, thing they tossed out into the ether to see how the general public would react... Boy, it didn't go well. It didn't go well, and... The spuriousness of the reasoning, I think, is what gets me because it's okay. We're gonna add uh, two more teams to the postseason, and we're gonna do a best of three round robin. Was that what it was? It was all it's, so
1: it's, they add two more teams to each division. The number one seed, the number one division winner on each side gets a bye. Then the number two division winner picks which of the three wildcard teams they want to play in a first in the first round, which is a three game series only hosted at the division winner the second best division or the third best division winner then picks the next team they want to play and then the two teams left play and the first round play a three-game series played entirely in one spot
2: it's awful and it the, the the idea that okay we're gonna do we're gonna do this and we're gonna infuse some excitement into baseball's postseason here's where baseball's postseason and baseball in general keeps running into a problem your games are 19 hours long and you black them out everywhere say, anybody the would blackouts care. the biggest
1: the blackout's the biggest thing it's not even that the, the game the links fine. I mean the links whatever it's going to be that way it's the, a nine inning game the length is perfectly
2: hey, if you don't
1: if you're a baseball fan the link doesn't bother you no,
2: if you like baseball, the the length of the game, the is it three hours or is it three hours and seven minutes? I'm it doesn't matter. If here two fifty five or three o five, I'm here for the long haul.
1: But Rob Manfred, quit blacking out the games.
2: Yeah, the game. You hey, if you'd like to reach uh, the younger generation of people who are rapidly moving away from uh, cable and satellite. And the old forms of media that are quickly becoming antiquated, don't don't black out games and make it to where anybody can watch them online for a reasonable fee. Boom. I solved pe- it. Let people tweet the highlights. I solved it. I've I've solved the puzzle. It,
1: Trevor Bauer put up a video on his YouTube channel. I know you don't like Trevor Bauer, but he went off on Rob Manfred and he said that he's comparing it to the NBA. And the NBA, if Steph Curry makes a full court bounce pass, it's trending on Twitter in five minutes. Yep. If a guy hits a five hundred foot home run in baseball It takes 20 minutes for MLB to tweet the video because they're the only ones that can tweet it.
2: Yep, and there is something to be said for having the exclusive rights to your product, but when we've all agreed to come get your product from you, you've got to make it more accessible. Just, if you guys want to see here... I, I agree with Trevor Bauer on
1: everything that he said in his latest YouTube video about this. Just go watch that, and that'll explain.
2: It. We at Pickest LLC do not endorse Trevor Bauer at all. We do this endorse this what, video yeah, because this is, he just this is, rips Robbie. This Manfred. is one man's opinion, and this one man is wrong. But the Mo- blackouts are the biggest problem. Moving to Austin P. Athletics, like we should be men's basketball. I guess we're on. Whatever amounts to a down note for the first time in a while. Two losses last week, I'd rather not get too deep into. We lost by two at Tennessee State on one of the worst shooting nights I can recall. And we lost by eight at Belmont on a night where we were outshot roughly $840 billion to two at the free throw line. It seems low. It, in real time, it seemed like it was even more than that. Uh, look, hey, free throw disparities happen. Nightly across Division One basketball. Calls go one way or another. It happens. Did it seem like it was a little heavy-handed on Saturday? It did. But you're talking about two losses by combined, 10 points to two of the top six teams in this league, in their building, in I would say probably two of the three toughest places to play in the OVC. So to quote our friend Van Stokes, bottom line, I'm not panicking yet at all there weren't many bright spots but there's always terry taylor the season's eighth ovc player of the week honored for the goat tying a couple of guys you may have heard of in kenneth reed and ja morant for the single season record for the week terry averaged 24.5 points and 18.5 rebounds which good golly uh Included in that is a twenty-six point twenty-three rebound effort at Belmont, the eleventh twenty twenty-nine in Division One this season, first by a since twenty sixteen, and the most rebounds by an Austin Peay player in thirty-five years. That seems good. That's it, I'm I'm old, and that's longer than I've been alive. Yeah, it's 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 historic. He's one of four Division One players averaging a twenty ten in this season, and one of five. Active Division One player shooting 50% from the floor, 35% from three, and 70% from the line for his career. Ladies and gentlemen, the GOAT. I don't know how I follow
1: that, but uh, you the, don't. The you w- don't. women's you team picked up a big win, uh, literally a big win Thursday against Tennessee State. They won 87 55, and I'll be honest, it really wasn't that close. The Govs were never in danger in this one. Shy Booker led the way with a career high 15 points and nine rebounds. Uh, The Govs are a team usually known for the three-point shooting, but they dominated the Lady Tigers in the paint, outscoring them 48-18. Saturday against Belmont did not go as well. The Govs struggled to score early and fell in a big hole at halftime. The Govs came out swinging a little bit better in the second half, but it was too little too late, and they fell to the ruins in Nashville.
2: When weather cut the weekend down to a Sunday doubleheader, the softball Govs adapted and exited Chattanooga with a split against the Mocs. Bailey Shorter collected two hits out of the leadoff spot in both contests, while Shelby Harpy went the distance in Game 2 with five strikeouts to give the Govs their season's first victory.
1: The Mids tennis team came close to picking up their first win of the season. After dropping the doubles point to Wright State, they reeled off three wins in the first five singles matches to tie the match at 3-3. With the game coming down to the number 1 singles match, the Govs were unable to pick up that last point and fell to the Raiders 4-3. But the women's team put on another dominant performance this weekend and and yesterday, uh, they swept Dayton and Wright State on their home courts on Friday and Saturday. And then they came home and swept Cumberland at the Governor's Tennis Center. Uh, reigning OVC Women's Player of the Week Fabian Schmidt won three times in singles to improve to seven and zero this spring and extend her winning streak to nine matches dating back to the fall season. Freshman Yana Leader improved to seven and zero in singles play. She hasn't lost since she got to Austin P. Uh, the doubles pairing of Anna Albertson and Sarah Heckel also picked up three more wins. They're now 5-0 and in the spring season.
2: All right, well, that wraps up a – it sure seemed busier, didn't it? It sure did. It sure seemed like a busier week than just a handful of events, but – Well, they are all on the road, which made everybody think it wasn't going to be as busy, but it sure was. It sure was busy. We'll bring in Michaela Smith of the Austin Cross and Track and Field teams to discuss – just a whole bunch of topics. Right after this.
0: Yeah, I'm this. a life, man. Go on with it, but go on with it. Yo, yeah. Yeah. it? are you kidding me? To us. Yeah. Mm. Yes, yes. So we are coming with a force. Yeah. Blessings we are reaping, we're coercing on foot. Oh, in a rise and boast.
2: Kayla Smith made huge strides in her first season from cross country to the middle distances to a successful late transition into being a vital part of the Austin B. Hurdles group during outdoor season. And we'll get to all that, but first, welcome to the podcast, and I want to discuss your fashionable eyewear. Where do you get all your glasses, and how do you determine what you're going to wear for a given day? Because I've seen you with several different frames and it's all very cool
3: thank you so i've had two frames since i came to austin p and i get my glasses from glasses usa so yeah and i don't know i just like chose these and they have been like a huge part of my identity because a lot of people are like oh that's the girl with the glasses you know so yeah
2: i mean that's how i identified you um (laughs) Middle distance versus cross country. You were stronger coming out of high school as more of a middle distance 800 runner, right? Mm-hmm. So the transition to cross country first, how difficult was that for you?
3: Um, it was a little difficult because in high school, I, that was my first year doing 3.1 miles in cross country. And I was not the best. And so it was like a difficult transition because I hadn't done that much base work and that much like long distance In my entire life (laughs) so it was interesting to see but like i enjoyed it because of the people that i met and because like it truly like showed you your heart like how hard you had to work to be able to do this sport but i'm definitely a big middle distance pro middle distance
2: but then at the end of last year you kind of came out of nowhere you went from not really running hurdles at all to all of a sudden you've made the finals at the OVC championships how did that come about how did you suddenly become one of the most vital parts of the hurdles for us
3: so well I had been wanting to do hurdles for a very long time I was like coach can you put me in the hurdles can you put me in the hurdles and he was like yeah you know maybe next week and so I had done hurdles in my 10th grade year of high school and then I didn't done it again, and I got injured in my 12th grade year, so I wasn't able to do it. So, I already had, like, the muscle knowledge of how to do hurdles, and so when I was given the opportunity to do hurdles, I was able to, like, take what they were teaching me at that point and be able to, like, kind of put it into action.
2: Do you feel like you're still just scratching the surface of your potential as a runner?
3: In a way, yes. I do think, like, there's so much more potential that I have, and I'm excited to uncover it
2: you are originally from the virgin islands correct yes sir how'd you wind up at station camp
3: <laughs> so it's actually a funny story i was well there was a lot of like internal issues within the track and field program and i like at home so i was wanting to move to the states to be able to to be able to like expand and be able to like race in different meets and just run in in general. To Like you know, to a larger extent, so we were at practices one day, and it was just random. One of our friends that moved to the states texted my father and was like, "Oh, I have I have a big house and I have extra space, so if you want to send your kid up to live with me, feel free." Like just out of the blue, like it was just so random. And then my dad was like, Oh, interesting. You know, we were just like thinking about like this move, and then my dad met." this lady and he was she was like oh if if he offered to let my child move up there I would send him right away so my dad bought that was like on a Tuesday my dad bought a ticket for me on Friday and I was like oh you're moving to the States on Friday and I was like oh really great you know and so yeah so I just moved to the States on Friday and and then they were zoned or they went to station camp so then I went to station camp and that's how I ended up at station camp
2: so your dad just buys you a plane ticket and sends you to the States by yourself.
3: Yes. Well, he came. He dropped me off.
2: Well, yeah, but <laughs> he dropped you off at the airport, but when you got off the plane in the States, you were by yourself.
3: Well, he he dropped me off to the States, so he came oh, okay, and he, he like, Make sure I, like, got situated okay, okay. and stuff. He didn't just, like... He, didn't, he didn't just
2: send you to, to Nashville Airport and...
3: And was like, yeah, go ahead.
2: Uh, wow. That's... <laughs> So you are your parents still in the Virgin Islands? Yes,
3: yes sir. Okay.
2: Um that leads to a whole host of other questions to follow up on. Um so you've been pretty self-sufficient. What you were 10th grade when you
3: I was in 12th grade. 12th grade? Yeah.
2: Okay. Um describe what that's like to just go to to come stateside as a senior in high school essentially by yourself I mean your parents still in the Virgin Islands that's got to be at uh, what's empowering and kind of uh, daunting in a way
3: mm-hmm. for me like my personality is more on like the like shy side so like it was hard for me to like kind of like get out there you know but at the same time it was a great experience like I lived with a wonderful family they were called the Becks and there was a lot going on all times because they had five kids and they also had a Chinese student that lived with them and so yeah so but the hardest part for me throughout that experience was that a hurricane hit hit my island hit St. Croix while I was in the States and I was I was like away from my family and like for weeks and weeks like I wouldn't be able to like talk to them because like service was bad and all that and I was like You know I I should be down there helping them but they're like no like you like you basically have like a job to do and we send you up there for us and so like basically I'm there for them so that was like the hardest part for me but in all it was a great experience and like I would get homesick but the fact that there was like so much going on and I was like involved in like you know cross-country and the cross-country team was huge like 60 kids and I was involved with track, and I was always like, there was always like something for me to do to, not like you know, fall into of like a hole of, like, homesickness.
2: Worry. Yeah, yeah. And worry. Well, so, does that, when when you've got that kind of backing at home where they're like hey don't worry about us don't worry about what's happening down here Mm -hmm. you do your thing you're there for a purpose Mm -hmm. how does that reshape your perspective on why you do what you do
3: it it reshapes it because like I'm not only doing this for me like I'm doing this like for my family and like they've sacrificed so much to allow me to be able to be where I'm at today and like I owe it to like everyone who's like backed me and supported me through this entire process
2: when people find out you're from the Virgin Islands what do they ask you
3: so they ask a lot of questions but the big general question is just like what is it like to live on an island like what's the biggest difference you get when you move from an island to America and honestly it's it's everything everything is different like in America, everything is more, like, bigger, like, spread out. Like, in, an, in the island, it's small. Like, you guys are like, oh, my gosh, I need to, you know, I need to change my gas. I need to get more gas, and you guys have 30 miles left. But we're like, we'll wait till like, 10 because, you know, <laughs> nothing's really that far. <laughs>
2: that makes sense. So why stay
3: here? Why stay in in, ten- in in Tennessee. In Tennessee. Honestly, because this is the place that God has put me like like i like nowhere that i've been is i've chosen it by myself like it's been like through the guidance of my parents and through them being guided by like god
2: so what what do you suppose it sounds like you feel like there's a purpose to you being mm-hmm. here what do you suppose that purpose is the
3: purpose um i don't know like i feel like we each definitely have all our own purposes but we we have to like choose to take like the next right step to fulfill that purpose because I think my purpose would be like maybe to bring joy or to bring happiness or to bring like a positive aspect and to perform to the best of my abilities and just to show that you know that like we can be strong you know that like each and everyone yeah and each and everyone does have a purpose and I don't know what my purpose is specifically, but I think it is along the lines of just bringing positivity and and just bringing, like, like, something good into whatever I am doing.
2: Let's talk about your family's history of success in collegiate sports. Now, do I have this right? Your mom, your dad, and a brother all did mm-hmm. something collegiately? Go into that a little bit for me.
3: Well both my parents did run in college my dad ran at um, Florida A&M or yeah and my mom ran at Eastern Michigan and my mom is actually from the Netherlands so she was born in the Netherlands moved to Suriname and was recruited by Eastern Michigan in which she ran and was amazing it's still amazing but (laughs) she was amazing in college and she actually won a NCAA title and in the 800 meters. And my dad, um, he ran for Florida AM and he competed for the US Virgin Islands in the 97 Olympics. And so they both were track athletes and they actually met each other in Indianapolis at the Pan Am under 20 under 20 games they met like he came from the Virgin Islands she came for the Netherlands or she came from Sur- for Suriname and they met and that's how they like kept in contact wrote letters and then eventually he went up to um, Michigan where she was staying after college and yeah that's how they got married and stuff so like the whole thing is like they were like brought together through track and field and, like that's like my whole family does track cuz I have a little sister and my brother he did collegiately he went to Arkansas Plain Bluff and he ran there and he has scored in every conference every race that he's ran in conference so that was that's amazing my little sister is actually really fast too
2: so basically so if <laughs> I need to put together a <laughs> track and field team I just call your family and we're oh good yeah
3: to go. <laughs> okay. oh yeah for sure
2: wow so how m- wow how do those experiences shape, I mean, it sounds like everything about your life is basically one of the foundations is track and running. Mm-hmm. How, how did those experiences shape your view and your goals?
3: Well, how did it shape my view? So it's, it's always been my view, as you've said. So like there wasn't nothing really to like shape it from a previous view if if that makes sense because like you were just born with this yeah because my dad he had a track and field club from before I was born so I was born into the club you know and so like I would see them running when I was three my mom would like put me on the treadmill and be like okay this (laughs) yeah I want you to run and like I ran my first race when I was like actually like three or something and, and so like I just grew up with that view, you know, and I just grew up with that love because that's how it was and that's how my family was. And so like there was really no reshaping, but I guess it would it, it would cause me to have a view of like golds. It would cause me to have a view of like being strong and like like I get nervous every time I race, but like it's a normal feeling it's a normal feeling because I care about I care about how I race, so I'm nervous. So like when I take a test, I know that like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let this nervousness overcome me because I've I've done so much I've done so much other tests and I've I've raced so much other times that I'm not I'm gonna try my best not to let this nervousness like overcome me. So like it gave me like life skills and like a life a way to s- to like view everything that I approach into like to the best of my ability.
2: So what are you bad at? anything
3: no i'm i'm bad at a lot of stuff it it like depends on the day i'm like i'd say like basketball i'm pretty not good at (laughs) 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 like it it really depends on the day but like uh, like in this case like i get i do get nervous like i had to do free throws from for um high school and i got so nervous because everybody was like staring at me and i had to make seven this is actually an embarrassing story <laughs> so I had to make seven to to um pass with a hundred and I made zero so the teacher was like so that he felt bad so he gave me seven more and then I made one and like there's improvement like <laughs> right <laughs> and there's like three classes watching me so like in that case like I guess I let nervousness overcome me a little bit but also I didn't have the skill the skill set so that's that's a like a hard way to think about it like like it, it takes more practice. Everybody's like, stick to track, and I'm like, okay, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> they they had it right there. <laughs> so why Austin P? Austin P, again. Well, to an extent, like I didn't really choo- choose Austin P. Austin P, like kind of chose me, or like my father chose Austin P. You know, whichever way you want to look at it. But he, when I'd moved up, I was more focused on school because I was a little behind because I came up late, and. He was like touring the schools and stuff and he liked Austin P the most and he was like, Oh, the nutrition room, da 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 this and that and I was like, Okay. And so we were like, Okay, Austin P So like I feel like it was more like God's guidance towards Austin P It's so
2: Kind of a meant to be sort of thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's all the easy stuff out of the way. What is your favorite word?
3: My favorite word? Mm. I don't really. I haven't really thought of this, but like, I would say maybe hope.
2: It's a good one. Yeah. What's your least favorite word?
3: Um. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. That's a interesting one. Well, my least favorite word I'm thinking, Ugh, okay, I don't like the word, uh <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have no follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> Who or what inspires you?
3: Um, I think God inspires me, like, in, like, my family and everything, but, like, God, because, like, he's, like, so much greater than we all are and like he has so much more grace than we do and I'm like how can you love people who like you know
2: who are so flawed and broken and wrong all the time
3: Yeah. and then he asks us to do it and sometimes we we can't do it you know and yeah so that's
2: what's the last book you read for fun for fun (laughs) not textbook not something you had to read for class just sit down crack open a good book
3: don't read a lot but <laughs> um, well we're reading for this study so I don't know if this is for fun but like I go to the I go to FCA for fun so that counts yeah okay so we're we're reading this book called sex Jesus and the conversation that the church forgot so hmm. that I
2: sounds ha- pretty uh, intense
3: it is <laughs> so this, it's yeah it's intense
2: what is your worst habit
3: um I have I would say my worst habit is, so I like to, I like to organize things, right? And like in, in my room and stuff, but like when I'm looking, I like to dress up. So like when I'm looking for my outfit and if I can't find it, I will destroy everything. <laughs> I will like take out clothes and destroy all my drawers until I find it. And then I'm like, wow, I have to clean this all up now. <laughs> <laughs> what,
2: is, what app on your phone gets the most use?
3: So I really want to say you version because the bible book but but i think unfortunately it's like competition between you version and snapchat
2: (laughs) polar opposites basically yeah (laughs) what is your idea of happiness
3: um happiness i think is like doing what you love and like just like having like a joy because like i think like happiness should be like a joy that like it's always there like you're not always like Smiling and stuff, but you do have this like deep rooted joy that comes from something that gives you hope.
2: What's your idea of misery?
3: I think misery would be like just not being happy with who you are and just not being able to see the hope that is in every situation. I feel like that would be pretty miserable.
2: What makes you self conscious?
3: Um, huh. Well, I guess being in front of a lot of people or like being vulnerable, being vulnerable. Like when people know stuff about me that like not everybody knows, I feel like there's a point of like clarity where they can see like straight through me. And I feel like that makes me insecure. But at the same time, I feel like it makes me real. But and
2: that's also there's also a strength to that, too, where like you can't once you can be that vulnerable with people, like you can kind of do anything. Mm hmm. How would you prefer to die?
3: <laughs> so I, I heard that you would ask this question. <laughs> so wow, th- I'm
2: not, <laughs> not a huge fan <laughs> of how things are getting around now, but okay.
3: <laughs> so I thought of a clever thing. I was thinking I would want to die. I don't know if this is like an answer, a specific answer, but I would want to die having completed to the best of my human ability what God has destined like or made my purpose for my life.
2: So, once you're done with whatever that is, you're good.
3: Yeah. Or, no, I won't, like, when I die, I want to have completed what God wants me to do. Like, I don't want to complete what God wants me to do anymore. Okay, that's it. Lights <laughs> out. <laughs> okay. No, that makes sense.
2: <laughs> if you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why?
3: Hmm. Oh. Uh, maybe, uh,. A nice bird that... Maybe like a mockingbird or a hummingbird so I can sing (laughs) to people (laughs) and sound good.
2: (laughs) What might prompt you to
3: lie? Um... Maybe... Like vulnerability might prompt me to lie. To like... Max the truth. But... Hopefully not. And... Maybe, like, if somebody was in danger or something. And like. And okay. your
2: lie would save them?
3: <laughs> or, uh, yeah.
2: I can't think of a scenario where that would come into play, but I'm glad you've <laughs> got it in the back pocket if it does. <laughs> what makes you hopeful?
3: Um, well, again, I I think, like, God makes me hopeful. Or, like, just, like, what makes me hopeful the fact that like each one of us can have a good impact on somebody like imagine if you say something nice to someone like that might change their day that might make them like smile that might make their day you know the fact that like everything you do has an effect and so like if you are kind to people then you can bring hope into their life and that will cause you to be hopeful because you make the world spin. Yay! <laughs>
2: <laughs> We've kind of touched on this already, but I'd like to get it as plain from you as you can make it. What is our purpose in life?
3: I think our purpose in life... Yeah, I think it's... I feel like, as, as I said before, I think like we all have our own purposes, but... I think our purpose is to take the the next step that we think is right and to try to bring light into each person's life that's around you and just try to bring positivity and just, like, speak life and, like, do the best we can to, like, be, like, you know, better.
2: Regardless of who the next guest is, what is one question you would ask them?
3: I would I would wanna know what their philosophy what is something that they live by. What what would be their philosophy in life? What's yours? <laughs> um as my relationship with I'm trying to make my relationship with God like become bigger and like just get closer to him and learn more. And so I think my philosophy would be like along the same lines as I feel like everything that I've been saying, like Huh. My philosophy. Why, why do I not know this? Moment? That was my question. <laughs> no, but I think it's great that you,
2: you, you. That was your question, and you're casting about to get your own.
3: <laughs> um. Just like to do my best to live to the best of my ability, and to make God the center of everything that I do.
2: It's a good philosophy. <laughs> what? And this is kind of the the wrap-up to this but what is what are your plans what are you wanting to do with the rest of your life not just this year but after college
3: so my plan is I want to do well in my track season and cross-country season I want to make my family proud and I want to run after college like I would like to go to the Olympics for the U.S. Virgin Islands and And just be successful my major is computer science so I hope to I really like fashion and stuff so I want to do something like artsy with a computer science background and get a job in that area but I do want to run professional and but I also want to like do it along God's plans (laughs) so whatever wherever God leads me then I'll go
2: you got a lot of faith, and I think that's going to wind up taking you pretty far. Uh, Michaela, thank you for coming today. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you. blessings for, for Thank right you.
2: Thanks to Michaela Smith for coming in and spending some time with us here this week. Also this week, I believe we alluded to this. It's it's Mary Week. This one. Always means something, but this is the first time. Save one brief time a few years back when both teams went 2-0 the first weekend and also won just four games the rest of the way. The Govs and Racers meet as the league's top two teams since 2004. There is no John Morant show this year, but if it comes down to Terry Taylor against everybody, I will take my chances with Terry Taylor. The Racers have a couple of rebounders to rival Taylor and Eli Bayev. So did Eastern Illinois two weeks ago, and that didn't work out so well for them and, Casey, not to uh, put too much pressure on this thing, but with a win, the ghosts will go 365 calendar days without a loss at home. But then they'll still have to turn around on Thursday, or on Saturday, rather, with a tall task when Eastern Kentucky visits the Dunn Center. A.W. Hamilton has built a deep unit in Richmond, which is low-key tied with Belmont for third in the league. The Colonels have taken two from Eastern Illinois and eventually an earlier loss to Jacksonville State. But EKU has the bulk of the difficulty in its schedule still to come. Moorhead State, Austin P T S U, Belmont, Murray, and Moorhead again. Tomorrow, Brown and OVC Freshman of the Week, Michael Moreno, lead a squad not to be overlooked or underestimated into the Dunn on Saturday. It's Murray week for the women
1: as well. And since we're quoting Van Stokes, uh, when these two teams get together, you can, you throw, can throw out, you can out you can the, throw record, out the record books because they sure don't like each other.
2: Golly. You know, it's – it's good he's out of the country right now, so we can make fun of him a little bit. My we can goodness. make fun of him a little bit. He... They're... they're Ben's, Ben's a great broadcaster. I will not dispute that. I will fight anyone who tries to say otherwise. But he leans on a couple of vocal crutches <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> and you can throw the record out it Is one I have heard ascribed to multiple events multiple sports going back nearly two decades now.
1: Like I said, these two teams don't like each other, but if the Govs need any extra motivation for this one, they can make it a revenge game because they lost to Murray in the regular season finale last year. Oh, yeah, and by the way, these two teams are tied for the final spot in the OVC Basketball Championship right now, so it's kind of important for the postseason. The Racers have one of the better players in the OVC in sophomore Macy Turley. Turley is the only player in the conference that ranks in the top four in scoring and assists. She ranks second in the league with 103 assists this season, so the offense is going to run through her, so stopping her will be a key the governors. The racers can also shoot the three. Um, so there's a pretty good making. This could be just a shootout. Murray ranks third in the league in made threes and three point percentage, both of which Austin P. ranks first. In. Um, Eastern Kentucky visits on Saturday. It's just as big a game as Murray because EKU sits a game behind Austin P. and Murray in the standings. The Colonels have struggled to score this season, but they will be dangerous playing for their postseason chances. And don't forget that EKU picked up big early season wins at Memphis, Mercer, and Xavier.
2: Xavier? Xavier. Xavier. Xavier, fine. No, not fine. Xavier is... Charles Xavier is the leader of the X-Men. Xavier is a school... I believe it's
1: spelled the same way, too.
2: That's great. It's not said the same way. Fine.
1: At Memphis, Mercer, and Xavier.
2: There you go, buddy. Softball Friday through Sunday. Team 35 is in Mobile for the South Alabama Jaguar Classic. This week's opponents, weather permitting, obviously, Evansville, South Alabama, and Louisiana Tech with two opportunities to pick up wins against the latter two. Two springs ago, the Purple Aces took two from the Govs at the WKU spring fling, but uh, yeah, that was two years ago, and a lot's happened since then. Two games is not much to tell us about a given team, aside from the fact that Bailey Shorter is still a pretty good hitter. Five games across three days begins to separate a little bit as the early season jostling for the upper hand begins across the league in earnest. It's baseball time in
1: Clarksville, and head coach Travis Jansen is going to lead the Governors into his fifth season at Austin P with a weekend series against Eastern Michigan at Raymond Hand Park. There are some questions about who's going to be on in the lineup for the Govs early in the season, but there's one thing that's pretty certain. Garrett Spain's going to play center field and hit in the middle of the order. The 2019 OVC Freshman of the Year started all 56 games in center field last year, reached base safely in his first 43 games of his career, and joined my friend Alex Riblis as the second governor to win the Freshman of the Year in the conference. Other than Spain, you're going to see the return of versatile infielders Malcolm Tipler and Gino Averos. They can play all over the infield. And then John McDonald and Bobby are also back. The junior duo is going to be a lot of the power in the governor's lineup. And not sure where Matt Jocelyn's going to play in the lineup. but hitter. He's going to play he's hitter. Gonna, his bat... He is a clutch hitter, and his bat will find a way in. He'll DH. He'll play anywhere in the infield. You need him to. It's a bat you've got to have in the lineup. On the mound, you're going to see Harley Gollett return from injury. Um, I believe he had Tommy John surgery last year. I think so. He had. He had some. He had. He. He wasn't. He didn't play last year. He'll be back. He's going to join a quartet of seniors: Tyler Thompson, Ryan Coba, Nolan Monahan, and Tucker Weaver. Uh, those four are going to have to be a veteran presence in the rotation and on the pitching staff for all the freshmen and JUCO guys because it's a. It's a whole lot of new pitchers down there. Um, new guys, though, the homecoming of Skyla Luna, who spent a semester at Tennessee before returning to his hometown governors. He sat out last season. He's ready to go now. And uh, the Govs also lost every single one of their catchers last year. All of them. So watch out for Juco catcher Alex A as the left-handed swinging backstops. Probably going to get some playing time early. I love
2: lefty hitting catchers.
1: I do. I, I do love I, a good left-handed I, bat good, behind the good,
2: plate. Got a good left-handed bat behind the plate. I, too... I really do hate that lefties don't get an opportunity to catch more often. I think that having a, a southpaw. Well, we had but, a
1: lefty catcher last year, left-handed hitting catcher. No, no, no,
2: lefty throwing catcher.
1: Well, it's a hard throw. You can't it make, is, it is. But right. we did have Alex Sala last year. He swung it from the left side. He did. The the light-hitting Sala.
2: <laughs> the light-hitting has... <laughs> We we That's not that's not us making fun of Sala. That is... Gosh, what does that reach back to? His sophomore it was his year? His freshman year. Freshman it year. Was
1: his freshman year. He started off the season like 0 for 26. And all of a sudden, we're playing at Carbondale, and me and Parker Phillips are back in the dorm room watching, and we're listening to the game. And Sala hits a home run, and the Carbondale announcer goes, and the light hitting Sala runs into one. It's just everybody for the governors is getting in on the action today,
2: and we about lost it. We tattooed. S I U in that game. I remember that game. I mean,
1: Sal, like I said, saw had went like 0 for twenty six starts freshman year, but because all of our other catchers were hurt, he was the only guy we had back there. So we kept running him out there, which he's fine behind the plate, but he was struggling. Or he's fine behind the plate, but he was struggling to hit, and then he just ran into one and dropped the light hitting Salah.
2: <laughs> oh, that one will live on forever. But he
1: also has the video saved on his phone, and he thinks it's funnier than anybody else. So. <laughs>
2: As usual, track and field heads back to Birmingham. They're home away from home. The Bulldogs something or other may as well just move down there. The last tune up ahead of the OVC Indoor Championships and the Govs have a chance to be in the mix when it's time to award a championship at the end of the month. I believe head coach Valerie Brown said that when kind of scorecard guessing at the the standings right now through the the online uh, service, that the Govs are about seven points behind at the moment, so
1: it's just beating them in a couple events.
2: Just, just a couple, you know, just a couple, a couple of spots, couple spots, couple good days for a couple good people, and we're going to be right there.
1: Each tennis team is going to play one more match this week. The men and the women are both going to take on Carson Newman on Friday. The men are looking to pick up their first win of the season, and the women will look to win their
2: seventh straight. Haley Meyer for your community service opportunities. If you want to bank some ghost Cup points this week, there are multiple home events going down Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Save your excuses for Sunday. Casey, where do people go to find us on the interwebs? You
1: can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at let's go P or you can follow along on our official Facebook account called Austin P governors. Shout out to our friends, Eric and Robin in digital media. They do all kinds of stuff on those accounts. So follow them like their work and, uh, now, give them a shout-out if you see them.
2: Hey, like our work, too. You like can find our it on Let's go go p. Like dot com. That's where you get all the dates and news and stories. Casey, Cody Bush, and myself do a lot of things over there. I would like to draw your attention to a particularly fun story this week on Timethia Tolbert of the track and field team. I think people will appreciate that one very greatly, and you should go read it.
1: Remember how we didn't have any home events last week? Well, business done picked up. Murray State tickets are going fast, and if they haven't sold out already... Baseball starts sometime this week. You may as well buy a house on Rob Avenue. You're going to be here so often. But if you're going to have that house, you're going to need tickets to get in the games. So you should get in ticket or contact with our ticket gurus, Katie Locke, and her assistant, Johnny the Relevator. They have <laughs> is that what it is? That's not what it is. It's a revelator. John the Revelator. <laughs> What's a relevator?
2: I don't know. I don't know what
1: a relevator is. <laughs> Katie Locke and her assistant, John the Revelator. They have all the information you can use to get in the game. (laughs) I don't think
2: you do very good on short sleep. <laughs> Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating, review on the podcast five stars, five stars. And if you'd like to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on campus event we should shout out. Tell Casey his beard is stupid. We're gonna throw hands if you do that. Tweet us. I'm at C Wilson two two five. He he is at C underscore Craig at nineteen. Love yourself, love each other. Talk to you next week.